If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello, and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. This is Joe. And we're coming back at you with the topic episode today. Uh, We'll be discussing what writers or artists deserve equal or more credit for a character as opposed to their original creators. So obviously, we all know, uh, you know, what stories we love, whether that's new, whether it came out 20 years ago, whether it came out 60 to 70 years ago. But you know who the classic runs are, you know, what has really changed a character for you or, you know, in general. And that's not always the original creator as Being a comic fan, especially nowadays, creative teams are changing all the time. Um, So we're going to discuss, you know, who's kind of, you know, left a lasting impact, who we think is like a good fit for putting equal billing for, you know, how much they've contributed to the character. But yeah, how's it going, Joe? It's going. Not too much to report outside of today's topics, but pretty excited to talk about it, actually, because I came up with more notes than I thought I would, because there's just so many significant takes on all these different characters you know mm-hmm. but i'll start with what first came to mind to me after asking this question and i really like what john ramita senior did to spider-man um nice still like ditko spider-man the most because he created a lot of those characters and provided the frameworks for everything that it is today but ramita seamlessly took over that title in issue 39 he was on that title for like five years too so when you think of like kingpin and all those iconic spider-man stories you're actually thinking of ramita senior a lot of that a lot of the time and i do think he's to thank for why spider-man is such a big deal even still and He's also responsible for that like house style commonly associated with Marvel at that time. So, I mean, I wouldn't even be mad if you gave him credit for taking over Daredevil, too, if we're being honest. So more so, I think uh, Spider-Man was a was a pretty big deal when he took that over. So, I mean, if you told me like that's his baby. I'm yeah, cool. no, I'm with you. Um, I actually had Ramita uh, Senior on my list as well. Um, he is also one of the first things that I thought of during this topic, because like you said, it was almost seamless. Like, I mean, obviously this kicked off with Ditko and Ditko did a lot of heavy lifting to, you know, get Spider-Man off the ground. Ditko rules. But, you know, to have, you know, that kind of momentum, that kind of popularity in a character and then to just switch over to another artist. There's a lot that can go wrong, but he, he picked up and like you could barely tell the difference. I mean, that's not to disrespect either artist. I mean, they're both doing fantastic work, but I think that just tells you how good Ramita Sr. was at the time uh, being able to take over for Ditko and no one really batting an eye as to, you know, the quality dropping or anything like that. It felt like Spider-Man, if anything, it gave it more of the 
feel that we've come to know and appreciate for Spider-Man. So yeah, I would say he should definitely be put up there at least on equal billing like Ditko and all of them uh, as, you know, working on Spider-Man. I kind of, I got a, quite a, quite as a list As long as you mine. don't say Dan Slott, we're cool. If you're saying Ditko or Romita, we're good. Yeah, no, don't worry. I ain't talking about Slott. But I've got quite the list on here. You know, some of them are more impactful to others than they are myself, but it's still that association that like I'm thinking about when I think of a character or a team. So when I'm thinking about that, a kind of odd one that comes up is Grant Morrison with the Doom Patrol even. Didn't so, think about that. You know what I mean? Like no one's talking about Arnold Drake and Bob Haney's run on Doom Patrol, you know, the creators of the character. More often than not, when we're seeing an iteration of the Doom Patrol nowadays or whatever, it's largely, you know, riffing off of whatever Morrison had put down during their run. So it's a lasting impact like that that makes you that it's almost synonymous at this point. Like I would argue that outside of like heavy comic fans, no one knows that Arnold Drake and Bob Haney created the Doom Patrol. More often you, than not, you're thinking Morrison. You could say the same thing about Animal Man, too. Honest. And to a degree, the Teen Titans, Bob Haney and Bruno Premiani created the original iteration of the Titans in uh, Brave and the Bold. I'll be real with you. Never honestly heard of Bruno Premiani prior to this. Didn't realize Bob Haney was also on this. But when you think of Teen Titans, you think of Wolfman and Perez, do you not? I was just about to say that when you think Titans, I'm not thinking Grant. I'm thinking Perez. Yeah. I'm not thinking anybody outside of Wolfman and Perez, to be quite honest with you. They're synonymous at this point. They rebranded the characters. I mean, it's a completely it's kind of apples and oranges to a degree because obviously they brought in their own characters. It's not the original Silver Age crew. But when you think of Teen Titans, everyone thinks of, you know, the TV show Teen Titans Go, even the Titans TV show that they uh, poop out onto Max. That rendition of that team is basically the culture of that team you know starfire cyborg beast boy raven all them i mean those they didn't even come around till the 80s and i mean that's just synonymous at this point i mean i've got plenty of others we can go through but uh what's another one off your list yeah well real quick before i go next i i do want to yeah. say that uh although he didn't create the teen titans he did usher in that new team, kind of like Claremont did the new X-Men. So I don't know if that's still counts. I love, you know, oh, it counts. Uh, uh, I love that you bring that up, actually, because Claremont and Byrne are on my list. I mean, obviously, you can't take away from Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, but we're talking about equal, not necessarily surpassing. Um, and I would argue that their contributions to the X-Men are just as impactful because they brought them back from the edge of being canceled. You know, they were just reprinting old Silver Age stories for a little while there. And then, boom, Claremont and Byrne come on the scene. You know, we got the new team. We've got some life pumped into it. We've got the Dark Phoenix saga. We've got all kinds of great stuff. So, yeah, that's how I was looking at it myself. I definitely think that, you know, like Claremont and Byrne, they need to be on equal footing with Lee and Kirby, at least in regard to the X-Men. Yeah, no. And last thing I'll say about Perez, too, like everybody growing up on the Teen Titans, kind of like you were mentioning, like, I mean, Perez is run on like the Judas contract. Like he just brought good storytelling and art to a group of characters that would have otherwise came across as like underage superheroes and unrelated, but I can't think of a better person in comic book history that could handle large groups of characters like George Perez, maybe other than Claremont and, and burn, but like yourself, they're also on my list. So Claremont kind of bringing in a new crew 
was phenomenal because there was a long time where that title was kind of uninteresting. It's super convoluted now, too, but Claremont seemed to have a really good idea of what the characters needed to be. Him and Byrne in their heyday was something else. Like, he gave life to that title by coming up with, like, you know, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, like, introducing that team versus the old team and uh, the Dark Phoenix saga, the Days of Future Past. I I can't thank him enough for what he did and how long he kicked ass on that title. But more so Byrne. I think Byrne actually made a very good impact on the Fantastic Four. And I think that's like a sleeper pick for me. Like everybody talks about his work on X-Men, but I loved what Byrne did to the Fantastic Four. Like a lot of iconic stuff came out prior to him being on the title, but I liked how creative he was by putting his own twist, adding She-Hulk to the mix prior to how she's kind of perceived today. Also, you know, just great duo when they're together, too. So, yeah, I mean, comics wouldn't be the same without those that team. But one from my list, not to ramble too long, but I got another team. It's Denny O'Neill and uh, Neil Adams. So, ah, oh, good yeah. one. I don't I, I don't know how I didn't think of them on my list. They so, definitely deserve. Yes, I think Neil, you can associate Green Lantern with Neil Adams. Like no shade to Gil Kane because it's still his character. Because the art was incredible even back then, you know, but Neil ushered in the whole Bronze Age of comics when he got on Green Lantern with Denny O'Neill. And the art was always solid, but storytelling got really nuanced and the iconic covers just kept coming, too. So I personally think he did more for Green Lantern than he did Batman. But if you were to take a look at my comic collection you would clearly see that I'm a huge fan of what he was able to contribute to Batman as well with Denny O'Neill. So can't tell you how many covers I own of that for both Green Lantern and Batman. But kind of going back to Denny O'Neill, maybe not as elite as some of the other names that we've listed so far, but still a legend. In fact, despite Frank Miller's Dark Knight Return run on Batman, which is my favorite Batman story, I actually enjoy the overall tone of Denny O'Neill's Batman much better. I think he contributed more to the character. And in that time, it was just such a great time to be a Batman fan and uh, loved every time him and Neil paired up, whether it was Green Lantern or Batman. Nice. Um, I do like how you mentioned uh, one of my picks, Frank Miller, too. Not to brush yours aside, but, uh, you know, I'm just thinking Frank Miller all of a sudden. Um, What about him with Daredevil? Because, I mean, that's Stanley and Bill Everett's creation there, but when it comes to classic runs or iconic moments, I mean, who do you generally associate those with? So, I mean, you know, that was also kind of early Miller. So, you know, it was a good time for him, especially. And it was a good time for the character of Daredevil, who, you know, back then, I don't believe had too many, you know, classic storylines or runs at that point. I mean, you know, it was just solid, but nothing like remarkable, I would venture to say, you know, until he got around, you know, you start seeing more iconic covers, you know, more iconic characters being introduced and stuff like that, which I found very cool. And, you know, just the way that it kind of had a bit more. Well, I mean, he definitely made Batman darker in a sense, but almost the same thing for Daredevil, which I mean, you know, he's pretty much up there now with who you associate with the name. But then also this one's kind of more offbeat a little bit. But like, what about the Punisher? What about Garth Ennis? 
definitely, you know, who's generally considered uh, the writer of like the definitive Punisher run from like Punisher Max and all of that. I mean, this was a Romita Senior and Jerry Conway creation um, as well. So, I mean, there's no slouches involved with the character. But, you know, ever since, you know, his uh, creation and then other than like that 2000, 2001 Punisher Max run, um, what great storytelling has there really been for Frank Castle? I mean, especially with what they're doing to my boy nowadays, they're just changing the logo. They're sending him to hell or going somewhere else. I mean, there's been a lot of dumb Punisher stories, but I feel like they're sweeping my guy under the rug. But you know who didn't do that was Garth Ennis. And uh, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. I've got like a whole little list here. Actually, let me do one more for you. Quick one, because this one's tough, because I think that the creators are like the goats of the character like as is and they're sweet RIP to the guys or at least one of the guys but uh Alan Swampy? Moore on Swamp Thing yeah that's what yeah, I thought you were gonna say for sure I mean Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson uh they did great work obviously there's nothing wrong with what they did but when you you know when we talk the story of Swamp Thing you know his kind of rebirth with that second volume with Alan Moore writing it has really done a lot to like the lasting legacy of the character it's done a lot to how people see the character and even just like the origin of the character and how the character acts on his own now so yeah I mean and I mean he's also contributed John Constantine and I still say Constantine but apparently the proper way is Constantine but it feels wrong to say that but you know a lot of uh you know, bigger concepts that were applied to Swamp Thing during that time period. Um, even if Alan Moore hates most superhero stuff, I mean, that he still did like one of the best Swamp Thing runs you can read. So, yeah, I mean, they're on my list. I really only have like a couple more on my list because I'm just rolling through them so quick. You want to hit me with another one of yours? Yeah, so I don't have any more, but I do want to ah. talk a little bit more about Frank Miller and a little bit more about Alan Moore. Like, nice. Like you said, I know Stan Lee and Bill Everett created Daredevil, and I don't want to take anything away from them because they deserve their respect because it's still their character. Um, Equal but, footing. Yeah, if you're if you're going to talk Daredevil with somebody, the first thing to come to mind is Frank Miller. From his time doing the character to the first time on the title to the creation of Elektra, I mean, Frank Miller added a lot of nuance to the story. I think that wasn't there and the and the visuals of the character too were pretty good at that time like some really cool covers so some may give him credit for batman as well like i referenced the dark knight returns being my personal favorite but i'm not gonna take it there because he also i think kind of damaged batman as well like what i mean by that is that it was a great take but the character has been like dark gloomy like a bunch of weird undertones since and i feel like the characters had a hard time recovering from that but it totally makes sense for daredevil so i do got to give him his dues when it comes to daredevil and then swamp thing alan moore's bread and butter is taking characters that already exist and creating like the best comic book stories of all time with those characters like he created watchmen from charlton characters which is arguably the best comic story of all time but since we're just talking about the characters that already exist he also brought new life to like miracle man and even superman as well i'll leave soups out of it for now but when you think a swamp thing 
you think of Alan more before you think Bernie Wrightson. And even though they did an incredible job of introducing the character and they had a really good run too, to take an already cool character and make it even realer is an incredible talent. And Alan Moore was so good at this that he even made the comic book medium more popular in general. So I did also want to give him credit though for his run on Miracle Man because that was more of like a UK thing. And Alan Moore being from the UK, it just made a lot of sense to kind of put his spin on the character. But I'm happy he did because it brought up a lot of attention to like American readers. And I associate the character with uh, Alan Moore more than I do Michelangelo. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you can't talk about the characters without talking about those runs at this point. But you said you don't have any more. I'll be real with you. I've got two left. Um, So we'll go with one that's more geared towards you first how about jeff johns on green lantern interesting think about how much he's done for the character with you know all of the major storylines think about the storylines that were large prior to johns um he seemed to really take an affinity for it he really fleshed out the uh the lantern tribes the core the different color tribes and what well, didn't he spearhead blackest night probably brightest day he did um you know Exactly. So, I mean, when you think of the Sinestro Corps War, all of that. I guess just not enough time is settled for me to like instantly think that way. But I mean, the evidence is there. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the, the best stories do come from Jeff Johns. Yeah, just because they've been within the past 20, 30 years, that doesn't change the fact that they've been the best ones, period. So, I mean, you know, that was a little food for thought there. That was kind of uh, that was honestly third on my list. I don't know how it popped up so fast, but that one that's geared more towards me is Mark Wade on Flash. Okay, so he changed the game. I mean, if you want to think about it, he came on in volume two, issue 62. From that point on, that's when Wally was the Flash. Which, you know, if you're a Justice League animated series enjoyer, as we are, then um, you love Wally as the Flash. Two, uh, well, I guess there wasn't even a one, but two, uh, <laughs> he introduced the Speed Force. That wasn't a thing until Mark Wade, And so that was actually pretty late in the game. That was in the 90s. So he introduced the Speed Force, which, as we all know, is pivotal to the character, not just Wally, but Barry, Bart, Jay Garrick, everyone now. So there is no speedsters without the Speed Force nowadays. Third, he made Wally the fastest Flash, which I've always thought was a cool distinction, um, which he did to get out of Jay Garrick and Barry Allen's shadow, because, you know, if you got three guys that all do the same thing and they're all about equal or the... You know, one of the newer guys isn't really as fast or strong than like kind of what's the point. So, you know, he kind of buffed up Wally. And uh, I've always liked that iteration on it, that Wally's been the if not one of the quickest. And then uh, third, fourth, either way, he introduced Bart Allen, which to some people who care, you know, they may not care about impulse because now we're getting into like our fourth like flash. But, uh, you know, it's like Barry's like what, like grandson, great grandson, something like that his grandson. But either way, he's come back and he's been impulse. He was even the Flash for a short time. Um, And he's I think he even introduced Max Mercury. So he really flashed or eh, flashed, flashed out the Flash family, which I don't think that the Flash needs to have a whole. I know. Right. Say that 10 times fast, which I mean, I guess it's a little controversial because controversial because I don't think that the Flash needs a family of superheroes, much like Batman truly doesn't either. But, you know, they're here. So we'll deal with it. But, you know, there's what Jesse Quick and whoever the hell else and Max Mercury now, Bart and fucking 
Jimmy and I'm just kidding. There's no Jimmy. But, uh, you know, either way, I still like the fact that, you know, DC's strong point has always been legacy characters. And for our one writer to be able to expand the supporting characters in an interesting way, kind of all at once, create a whole speed force background for all of these characters and, you know, assert like a lesser flash prior to being one of the coolest and most well-known i think is definitely deserving because other you know outside of like the silver age and everything like that that really gave the character all of like his villains and whatnot i and i mean later on uh jeff johns's runs uh like with flash rebirth and stuff like that who else do you really think of when you think of flash stories i think of johns wade and then the silver age so yeah, yeah, you can't leave Johns out of that conversation either. He no, really cared he did... about Shazam, Flash, and the Green Lantern. Don't get me started on Shazam, though, because I don't know how much he cares about Shazam. He, he bastardized that last run. Effort, but it's not what it, you'd think it would be. Yeah, no, no, he's actually terrible with the flat or the with Shazam. So that like I never speak ill against Jeff Johns and and Johns we trust, but not with Shazam. Ever since 2011, that dude just fucking drove a stake right through the heart of Shazam and thus through me. And that makes me mad. (laughs) Dude, we don't need the extended Shazamily or whatever the hell they want to call him now, bro. How about you just give us the main three, the talking tiger and Uncle Dudley. And then, uh, you know what? Let's not reboot it in the post new 52 where we still got all those chuckleheads and then we got why they make uh why they make freddie blonde that pisses me off beyond all belief and it it has no bearing on the character but captain marvel jr is not a long blonde haired boy that makes no sense shit pisses me off that's not what elvis intended elvis modeled himself after captain marvel jr and i didn't see elvis with fabio locks running around so (laughs) and and and, okay i'm not airing out all of my grievances because that's not what we're talking about today but just let it be known i don't care about 2011 shazam and onward except our boy mark wade which we just referenced he's trying to write the ship so i trust that so far so good yeah i mean Let's not say it's like knocking my socks off, but, you know, we're course correcting. Freddie magically has black hair again, and uh, they're calling my guy the captain. They're not calling him Shazam. This is all in the right direction. I love it. And he's he was hanging out with dinosaurs from space. That's exactly like a thought that I had for a comic book. And then I was reading it like a month later. So Mark Wade gets it. And that's why he got the Flash. And that's why he should be on equal footing to the Flash creators. Whether you want to talk Golden Age, Silver Age, whatever. Mark Wade's in the Flash pantheon. Shout out Mark Wade for being the only one getting it done like for (laughs) modern stuff too i don't i don't know what it is but it seems like he's the only one that understands anything i mean him and williamson i like both of them but outside of that you can trash all that other crap whoa bold takes on cbj not really though not for us everything i'm reading it's either williamson or mark wade yeah same here it's mostly mark wade which <laughs> is funny. This has become the Mark Wade Appreciation Podcast, apparently. But I mean, for real, he it's he's one of the old heads at this point, and he's the only one who gets it. Yeah, I don't know why, but these comic creators don't live very long. Because they're hunched I'll, over in the dark with no health insurance. I'll take anything Mark Wade gives us at this point. But I guess I do have <laughs> a question for you after doing this exercise. Out of all the names that we just listed, as well as the people you listed as well, which creator do you think did the best job of making the character their own? 
Wolfman and Perez. Yeah. I would have to say so. Oh. I, th- I think all of them, well, it's like them or Claremont burn even more just because of how much he changed. But Wolfman and Perez rebooted and then skyrocketed like up the charts the Teen Titans, who were just a band of sidekicks, which no one gave a damn about sidekicks. Uh, but, you know, they even managed to make Dick Grayson Nightwing, you know, the original Robin. They were even able to make a lasting impact on one of the OG characters that's stuck through to this point today and has been well received. Um, and I just think in terms of, you know, propelling DC through any hardships and, you know, making characters popular, I mean, they made one of my favorite all-time characters, Deathstroke the Terminator. You know, I just think that they really did make it theirs. I mean, they made the team is, you know, changed in uh who's been a member with during their run, but at the same time, like it's synonymous at this point. I don't think you can no one thinks of any other iteration of the Teen Titans. I mean, unless you're like a generation prior to us and you're thinking about like the Cassie Sandsmark, Tim Drake and all them iteration from like the early whatevers who cares but you know what i mean just the judas contract just kind of the cultural legacy that the teen titans like have now i don't think anybody can replicate what they've done i don't think it's gonna happen again and they reinvented the wheel for a superhero team of teenagers and i would argue that while there's interesting runs since none of them even come close to scraping what they were able to accomplish that being said what's yours because you seem mighty surprised I was a little surprised, but shout out Perez on Wonder Woman, too. I'm just thinking of that now. Like, that's shout, his character. Shout out Perez, period. Yeah. But when taking the notes, the first person to come to mind was Remita. However, after finishing my notes, I feel no one took over a character better than Alan Moore did Swamp Thing. You can I agree. You convince me that Chris Claremont's run on X-Men is the answer because it had to have been like the best-selling book of all time after he took it over. But to take a character like Swamp Thing and create a story that transcends like comic books is a beast of its own. I personally Uh really enjoy Claremont's like Dark Phoenix saga. Like that's one of my favorite comics of all time. But he basically created new characters to help that title. And he had a whole team of characters to support his mission or goal but alan moore just focused on a swamp creature one swamp creature and made it really interesting and cool even though it was already interesting and cool so true gotta give it to i mean swamp thing yeah i can't disagree with that when i was kind of uh, you know first thing that popped into my head when you asked me that question because i wasn't prepared for that Moore did come across with how you worded it because i agree i mean he completely pretty much made it his own basically redefine the character moving forward. So I think, yeah, that was a really good choice. But that's but, all I got. I mean, unless we have any other, that's all I got. No, but what do you, you right. want to do for our listeners next episode? Do you want to watch that documentary? I'll have enough time to digest the documentary now. Now that we've got some time in between, I ain't binging three hours in a night, brother. But uh, that's what I asked. I'll tell you what, he that sounds like no, a plan. But now we got, we got at uh, least are you serious. All right. We yeah, have a topic we can do for that you one next time. We're going to review the Perfect. new documentary on HBO. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, we're at CBJ Pod on Instagram, CBJ Podcast on Facebook, Comic Book Junkies on YouTube as well. We're not video folks yet, still determining that, but we do have the whole archive there. Um, so if you want to ever check out or show a friend, we are on YouTube. We're anywhere you listen to podcasts. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you already know that. But for those who don't, 
you can find us anywhere. And, uh, you know, make sure to tell a friend. Word of mouth is probably the best way. So if you're enjoying it, maybe one of your comic enjoying friends will as well. Otherwise, I mean, if you can give us a five star review or a five star rating or review on anywhere that accepts them, it helps the algorithm. I'm not going to plead and beg, but, you know, it does help us or any other podcast you like kind of get pushed into the algorithm and therefore we find more friends. But that being said, you know what we're doing next time and we will catch you then. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. Later.